Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast playing the long game to eventually meet their heroes. Here are two guys that would go to the videotape after a date went bad, so they could have a sad jerk, along with the woman that was on that tape. Matt, Doug, and Ginger. It's our 197th podcast, and we definitely are playing the long game. I cannot fucking believe this. <laughs> we have Ginger fucking Lynn on with us. This is fucking awesome, Woo-hoo! man. How you doing, Ginger? I am fabulous. Thank you. Normally, we go through how I'm doing, how Doug's doing, but honestly, nobody gives a shit about that. Our guest, however, is a model, actress, author, radio host, winner of countless awards, member of the XRCO, AVN, and Night Moves Hall of Fames. And so it is just a huge pleasure for us to have you on the podcast. Aw, thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. So we are a 1980s movie review podcast. Most of the time, well, I should say almost all the time, we review 1980s movies. And I guess the big question is, how did this happen? How did we get Ginger Lynn on our podcast? A little bit I was of history. Ask you that. Okay, a little bit of history. When I was a kid, a teenager, my dad had a Stetson cowboy hat box in the top shelf of his closet, and there was no Stetson hat in that box. There was probably ten to fifteen VHS tapes, and the one that was my favorite and my buddy's favorites when they would come over and we would watch porn was Trashy Lady. You being the star of Trashy Lady. I loved, loved, loved doing Trashy Lady. It's one of my favorite films I've ever done. Uh, We had a great cast. Um, We had people that liked to fuck that were there filming. That's one of the really nice things about the 80s is the porn stars or porn holes, depending on where you land in that category. Um, everybody was nice. Everybody liked each other. Everybody went there and had sex because they wanted to. 80s, in my opinion, were the best porn times ever, ever. And I was lucky enough that when I, I was asked to sign the first uh, contract, to be the, uh, the first contract star in the adult industry. Um, sorry, my brain's a little funky today. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I was able, I signed my picture, my contract with Vivid Video at the time. But the deal I made was that I was only exclusive to them for video. So I could still do Trashy Lady. I could still do the Grafenberg Splat. Um, so I, I had a really sweet deal. And I'm so glad that one of your first movies, if not the first ever, was Trashy Lady. Let me ask you this. Did, did you learn how to lick pussy? <laughs> I did, in fact. Yes. But in fact, the first video that I ever saw of you was the second porno that I ever saw that my older brother rented for us. And that was Photo Flesh. Oh, my God. Photo Flesh. Photo Flesh has a different story to it um do you want to hear it oh absolutely i would love okay. to <laughs> it's a little bit long i'll try to keep it a little short um so <clears throat> excuse me 
when I got into the adult film industry, I didn't tell my family. I told my parents that I had posed for Penthouse and you know, everything was nice and kosher and they were cool with that. And when my father went to the local dirty bookstore and dropped the coin in the slot and there I was, ta-da, with Ron Jeremy, things did not go well for quite some time. We had about six months of uh, not talking. I was disowned from my family. It was horrible. And during that time, remember again, it's the 80s. Now I've got a permanent pass to the Playboy Mansion. I'm there all the time. During the day, I take my grandma up there. We go hang out. And there's not when my grandma was there, but in the evenings, there were bowls of cocaine. And I did a lot of fucking blow. And I finally, Suze Randall came over to my house and she walked, she came inside. She had a joint behind her ear. We sat there. She sat next to me. Now I'm, I'm, I'm coming down off a of coke. I'm not in a good place. And Suze and I smoked a joint together. I calmed down a little bit and she said to me, you have two choices here. Either get your shit together, incorporate and make this a business or get the fuck out because you're going to die. And Suze was always someone I looked up to. She was my mentor. She was wonderful. And I wrote my parents, I wrote my father, a extensively long double-sided uh, letter telling him the basics that... You know, I, I have the values and the morals that you instill in me. I also have the ability to make choices that I believe in because you told me to always believe in myself. If I didn't feel like good about something, don't do it. So I, I, I told my dad, I said, you know what? I would be the same girl if I were working at McDonald's, if I were a mechanic, I'd still be me. It's just a career choice. And so we finally, my dad cried, I cried, he read the letter, it was all wonderful and, you know, sweet. But it'd been a few months, like six months, that I was really unreliable. And I was not in a good mindset. And when I did Photo Flash, Suze Randall had gone to a producer, director by the name of Hal Freeman. And Hal said, I'm... I can't use her right now. You know, she's just not in the right place. And Sue says, yes, she is. So Sue's put the good word in for me. I did four films for Hollywood uh, video and Hal Freeman directed me and everything changed after that. You know, it was, it was all good. But up until that moment, if it weren't for Sue's, I'd probably be dead right now. Um, and I'm not, not intentionally, I just was making a lot of really bad choices because I hurt so bad inside. I love my family. I miss my family. I miss my, my, my younger sister and my two stepbrothers and just, you know, that was, it was really hard for me. But Suze came running in. Actually, Suze is a, is a horse rider. She came galloping in on her stallion and rescued me. And the rest is history. You know, you, I, I think your dad was a cop, correct? My dad was a cop, yes. And this is, uh, from from my personal side, my my dad passed a couple of years ago. And I look I'm at... sorry. No, thank you. But if my dad was alive today and he knew that I was doing this, I was having this conversation with you. Right. He would just say, good job, kid. And, and, <laughs> and that would have meant the world to me. 
because my dad and I, as as many boys and their fathers do, had kind of a contentious relationship at, at different times. But there was a point in time where I stole his porn. And then later on in life, when he'd be going on a guy's trip, he'd be borrowing mine. So <laughs> there was kind of a generational thing there. But you, you talked about how you were from Rockford. How did you get from Rockford? Because we're both from the Midwest. Doug and I are both from the Midwest. How did you get from Rockford to L.A.? Uh, my grandparents helped raise me from the time I was 13 on. Love them to death. I lived with my grandma, my grandpa, and my dad for years before my father remarried. And my grandparents were moving to California, and they wanted me to go with them. I'm like, Fuck yeah, I am so there. But, you know, when you're, I was 17 at the time, I had a boyfriend. In my mind, he was more important than my moving to California, so they went without me. I, I wouldn't go. And about six months after they moved out, my grandfather uh, had a, a a heart attack. And they did a triple bypass. He wasn't doing well, and they said that my uh Family called me up and said, look, if anybody can make him want to live, it's you. He's just given up. No pressure now. (laughs) And, you know, I was 19 at the time, and I came out, and my grandfather lived for a couple of weeks. And in the meantime, when I I, I could only be at the hospital so much, uh, he had special visiting hours. And so on my off time, I walked into a local mall, and... In Rockford, I was the man, assistant manager of a store called Musicland. And if you guys are about the 80s, you know what Musicland was. Sure. Definitely had Musicland here in Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. So I walked into one of the Musicland stores and said, look, I'm an assistant manager in, in Illinois. I would love to work out here. And I gave them my, my parents' phone number because I was staying in a trailer in Redlands, California. And I got my grandfather passed. I flew back to Illinois. And the the first time I flew to California, that was my first flight ever. So this is only my second airplane ride ever. And what am I talking about here? Music land. Can you imagine, though, if you go into a music land and you have a problem and you say, can I talk to the manager? And it's Ginger Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, what they did with me is... The regional manager called me at my dad's house after I went back to Illinois and said, we would love you to be a troubleshooter. We've got nine stores. You need to get them out of the red, into the black, hire, fire, restock, whatever you have to do. And so I came back and that was it. I just lived here. And I was thinking California was going to be bright and beautiful and beach parties and fun. And I didn't think about the financial aspect of it. Uh, and I was working about 80 hours a week. I had no friends because I was the woman that would come in and fire your ass. Um, and I just, I, I wasn't having fun. I was working too much. I answered an ad in the paper for figure modeling, went in to Jim's house office. And the very next day I shot for penthouse. That's probably so my move. Sorry, go ahead. My move. Yeah, that, sorry. My moving to California was, accidental but on purpose and it was in my mind meant to be so from penthouse did somebody in the industry recognize you or see you and go i need that girl to be in my films or did you 
get an agent, which then took you into the film industry. No, I had, I had the same agent the entire time I was in the industry. His name was Jim South and he took me under his wing and I was posing for men's magazines 28 days out of each month. It was nonstop. There were so many magazines and I had been with Jim for about two weeks and he asked me if I wanted to do commercial. And I'm thinking, fuck yeah, toothpaste, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> it's not what commercial um, is. <laughs> um, no, it turns out commercial was something very different. And I initially said no. I said uh, basically that I had the same stereotype image of people in the adult film industry. Excuse me. Uh, that most people did. I thought that they were drug addicts. I thought that they were hookers. I thought that they were sleazy. I just had a bad mindset when it came to porno. Because you have to remember, when, when I first saw or heard of porn, the only place you could see it was in, in the movie theaters. And, you know, with the guys in the trench coats jerking off, it was not socially acceptable at the time. And... I was in his office one day after I'd said no a zillion times and this beautiful long red haired woman comes in or no, she's sitting there when I walk in and she's flipping through a script. She's got one of those long cigarette holders with a cigarette hanging out and she's licking her finger and turning the pages. And I just stared at her. I couldn't stop looking at her. I finally said, you're not a porn star, are you? And she said, yeah, I am. And who was so, who was that? Ah, uh, I oh, she's got red hair. Um, wasn't Jack? Maybe it was Jacqueline Lorians. I'm not quite sure. I don't want to say the wrong name, but she, I took her to lunch and I said, "How do you do this?" And she said, "Well, here are my rules. Number one, I get this much per scene." Not per day. If I do three scenes in a day, I get paid for each and every one of them. Um, I have script approval. I have cast approval. I can say no at any point during filming, prior, after, or during filming. And there was one, oh, and, and never, if she told me, if you ever wake up one day and you don't want to do it, get the fuck out. Because while you're in it and if you love it, it's one of the best industries I've ever worked in. I had a blast. But if your mind isn't in the right place, it'll fuck you up really, really badly. Um, so I finally was in his office one day and a couple came in. Uh, no. So I went back to Jim after I met with this, this beautiful woman and I said, okay, I'm going to do commercial. I want script approval, cast approval, this much for a scene, this is for box covers, this is, and he's on the floor laughing hysterically. He's like, Ginger, that, she's a really big famous star. You can't start there. And I said, well, that's what I think I'm worth. And if I don't get it, then I'm just not going to do it. And a couple weeks later, do you remember the gong show? Yes, definitely. I remember watching that as a kid yeah. uh, with my parents in Paris? the living room. Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris, yes. And there was a really tall, beautiful blonde that did the gong. Her name was Svetlana Marsh. She and her husband, David, were making their very first adult movie. They had a quarter of a million dollar budget. They were shooting on the island of Kauai. 
They wanted a lead that had never been in anything anymore, and they agreed to all my terms. Wow. All of them. So next thing I know, I'm, I've got a contract. I've signed it. I've cast. I've done all, I've cast. I'm all ready to go. And then it hits me. What if I can't fuck on film? I don't know if I'll, you know, I'm taking, I'm took on the lead and I don't know if I can do it. So I called my agent back up and he said, all right, I've got the perfect thing for you. You're going to do a loop. Now a loop is a no sound eight millimeter film. And I was, it was the same film my father saw. But what I did was the first scene I did was with Tom Byron. And I thought, this is beautiful. I fucking love this. I'm going to have no problems on set whatsoever. And then the second scene that day, my second practice scene was with Ron Jeremy. And I actually went to the director and I said, um, I, I, can we shoot this entire scene in doggy style so I don't have to look at him? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, sure. And I did. And I, when I was done, I was disgusted with him, but not with myself. I thought, you know what? If I can fuck that gross, hairy, smelly pig, I'm going to sail like a breeze onto the porn, into the porn world because he's the only one that looks like that. Everybody else, most everybody else I was attracted to. So I, so Ron was a good jumping off point for me. Got to Kauai. And I do my first scene, which is a sex scene. Excuse me, I keep having to take drinks of water. It's fine. Um, so my first scene is a sex scene with Jerry Butler. And we're in this tent. I'm wearing a red dress. And it's actually my prom dress. It's the dress I wore to my prom. <laughs> and I did the scene. Smooth sailing. I loved it. I fell in love with Jerry Butler. And then the next scene that same day was a dialogue scene. And all I'm supposed to do is be running along this, this, uh, path in the road. And Jerry Butler comes up on a motorcycle and I'm, it starts taunting me. And I'm supposed to yell at him and say, leave me the fuck alone. So I'm running along. I've got my little purple, uh, dolphin shorts on, a little grace t-shirt that's, you remember how they cut them up in the middle? Back then, my T-shirt's cut. I'm wearing an Olivia Newton-John headband. I've got leg warmers on. And I'm running, and my titties are bouncing. And the boom man is behind me with the microphone. Jerry pulls up on the motorcycle. And I couldn't talk. And so everybody's like, all right, that's okay. We'll just do another take. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But two hours later, when no words were coming out of my mouth, they rapped for the day. Um... I had no trouble having sex on film. I could not get my dialogue to come out at all. Now, remember, I'm still the lead in this movie. And so Jerry Butler said to me, um, can I come over and we'll, we'll talk about the scene later? And yeah, you know, I'll help you with your acting. And I said, that would be fantastic because I'm not going to be able to live up to all my hype. So Jerry comes to my condo and he starts talking to me about family and friends and relatives and growing up and we're sharing and swapping stories. It's really, really nice. And all of a sudden he pins me down in the bed by my shoulders, 
tells me my grandfather was a piece of shit, my dad was a piece of shit, my family are all losers, I turn red. I come out, sw- I'm, I'm, he's holding me down, but I'm swinging. I am so mad. I'm fierce. I want to kill him. After a second or 20, he lets me go. He stands up and he throws my script at me. He goes, let's run dialogue. And I'm like, you piece of shit motherfucker. And he did that to get me out of my head and over my inhibitions. I never, ever had trouble with dialogue again after that. And as mean and cruel as it may have seemed at the time, it was brilliant and beautiful. And, you know, I've got umpteen Best Actress Awards and Supporting Actress Awards. And, you know, I'm looking at one on my wall right now for a mainstream film I did not too long ago. So that's how I came to be in California. And you got to be careful with me. You ask a question and I don't shut up. (laughs) Do Do you get sides? Do you get like regular sides? For that, and what what is the difference between a like is it when there's a sex scene in the script? Does it just say sex scene, or is it actually laid out? You're going to go through this, 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 this. Nope, it's exactly what you just said in the beginning. We had scripts that were between a hundred and 125, 30 pages long. They were Hollywood style scripts, and on page twelve, it would say sex scene. And that would be it. That That's the only way you knew there was a sex scene. And what I always did um, with my partners was I, I always talked to them first. I got to know them, and I found a comfort level with my partners, which is really, really important when you're having sex on film. And had the script set, said, do this, this, and this, I, it wouldn't have flown as organically and beautifully as it did. Um that I kind of had a little bit of a reputation as a bitch, um, but it was more of a businesswoman that was going on. You know, if my contract said this, that's all I did. And they weren't used to women standing up for themselves the way that I did back then. Uh, but they were, um, I'd say, out of the 69 plus 8, 7, 66 films that I actually made, um, over half of them were shot on 35 millimeter. Now you may say to yourselves, you did more than 66 films. No, I did not. Um, compilations, remixes, new, same movie, different title. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So I think it says I have over 400 credits to my name. I don't think I'd be able to walk if I had 400 <laughs> porn credits under my name. <laughs> Would you shoot multiple scenes in a day? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No more than three. Three was my limit. And, oh, and when you would shoot a scene, obviously, when you watch the film, it is a seven or eight minute, maybe even less than that, scene. How long were you actually fucking for to get those six or seven or eight minutes? You know, it varied, but most of the time it was between thirty minutes to an hour, and. I know that other people, a lot of people take longer to do that, but when I'm having sex with somebody, I am, I get lost in you. I'm, I'm, I'm inside of you. You're inside of me. It's, it's like a, a, a dance of some sort. And if someone were, had told me, we want you to do this, this, and this. <coughs> Oh, 
I am so sorry. Excuse me. No, that's okay. Um, my scenes would not have been as real as they were. I actually had orgasms on film. I actually loved what I was doing. And I continued to do it until that day that I woke up and went, fuck, I don't want to suck his dick today. And Doug that never was- wakes up and says that. <laughs> Doug, I need some footage. Uh, my wife need, would kill me some- if she found out. <laughs> yeah, but I need some new material for my spank bank. Well, I will tell you this. I will tell you this, Ginger. You were my first crank crush. <laughs> I th- well, thank you. I, I think I the first time I ever saw Ginger was in ditch porn. And do you know you what from, ditch you, porn is, Ginger? I have no, I have no idea what that is. It's it's a Midwest thing, I, I think. So you will be walking in the woods in Wisconsin, where we lived, for example, and you'll you'll just run upon a a bag, a plastic bag that happens to be full of porno mags, <laughs> and th- they're all over. It, they're like little buried <laughs> treasures all over. Treasures. Yeah, and, yeah, and and it's usually your twelve or thirteen or fourteen when you first start finding ditch porn. Yes, it's, it's just the weirdest oh, thing. How? Okay, that makes perfect sense. Now that's hysterical. That is so funny. <laughs> but back towards the beginning, you you asked about. We, we had talked about how this whole thing came to be. And we, as Doug had mentioned, the whole thing with the Stetson box, we actually have a, a segment that we do sometimes with a different movie where there will be a, a porn scene that is very similar to a scene that's in a movie. And we will play a clip from the porn scene as opposed to a clip from the movie. And then we'll try to. And now it's time for name that porn star. And try to name who that porn star was by from from some of the dialogue, for example. That's hysterical. Now, if you would have heard, let me think of a boys, boys, boys. Would you recognize that line and know what movie it's from? No, no. I would not. I, I want to say One, that the, the only movies that I really ever saw of yours was Trashy Lady, which I saw a lot. That I mean, okay. a lot. <laughs> and, and I think how how. Your name got brought up in our vernacular in our podcast was we were doing a gangster movie and we used a clip from Trashy Lady to play that game. And then Matt had never seen Trashy Lady before. So then that started the conversation. Well, of course, the next time we talked, he let me know that he had watched Trashy Lady. Right. (laughs) And And we had said, wouldn't it be awesome to get Ginger Lynn on the podcast? And it was more of a joke than anything else. But then Matt got a cameo of you for me, and we absolutely yes. loved it. Yes. It, and the, the thing is, when I got the cameo, I was out there looking. I'm, oh, it's going to be one of three. It's either going to be Ginger Lynn, Evan Stone, or Randy Spears, because Doug sometimes enjoys the company of men. But <laughs> it's just a matter so of which I. one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I could, and we have gotten, um, cameos from other people for in our in our regular lives for example and doug got one for his dad for what his 80th birthday yeah by from brett Favre, and it sucked it was no good he licked the stamp and mailed it in it was a 15 or 20 second 
And then Matt got one from his wife from James Vanderbeek, who played Dawson on Dawson's Creek, and he knocked it out of the park. And then we got I got yours and you knocked it out of the park. And oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> yes, it was wonderful. You ad libbed. You had a great energy about you and a wonderful smile on your face. And it really felt like you were talking to me. So then Aww. that was that was kind of the joke of wouldn't it be awesome to have Ginger Lynn on the podcast? And Matt emailed you and. We just kind of thought that was it. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Because we're never going to get a response from Ginger. Ginger Lynn is not going to talk to us. And that's understandable. I don't want to talk to us either. And I'm one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I must admit, I have a uh, my, my boyfriend reads a lot of my emails and things before I do because I I'm too sensitive. There can be a thousand people say something nice about me. That one asshole that goes, you look old. I, I, I lose it. I get so upset and so pissed off. So I do have somebody that goes through my things before I do because other, and plus I get thousands of emails every week and I, I can't keep up on it by myself. So I, I do have help and you made the cut. That's oh. awesome. But thank you to your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> I, I will give him a blowjob later and tell him it's on Doug and Matt. Oh, appreciate that. <laughs> Not the first time that's happened. But so here's here's a question that might actually surprise Doug. I, I know the answer to this because I did a lot of research for this. And actually, my wife came into the bedroom the other night and I was watching um, on Golden Blonde. And, and, and she said, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing podcast research. I'm just prepping for the podcast. But you have had, I would say, basically two different phases where you were active in the porn industry. Is that fair? Yes, that's absolutely fair. So Doug, if you had to guess, how long would you say her first, the eighties starting in 84 was, how long was she in porn before she retired the first time? Three years. It's close. Close. Two years and three months to be exact. Wow. Okay. That's, and is that common for somebody back in the eighties? Did people have longer careers than you? Um, you know what? I think a lot of the girls came in and out back then, except for Nina Hartley. Nina came in. She never left. No, she's but, still doing stuff. Uh, not anymore. Oh, she's done. Okay. No, she's been done for a couple of years now. She's doing the, the civilian life. She's earned it. Um, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the first stint, I'll call it, I did, uh, 69 movies. No pun intended. It wasn't uh, intentional. It just happened that my last movie that, well, I told you the day I woke up, went, fuck, I don't want to suck that dick. I called the owner of Vivid and said, I'm just not mentally there anymore. I said, you don't have to finish your contract. I had two movies left. And, you know, my word means something to me. So I told him, I will do these last two movies because I gave you my word. And, and I did. And they turned out to be amazing. It was Ginger's uh, Ginger Sex Asylum and Blame It on Ginger, I think. So um, that, that was what, late 85, early 86? That was the last day I filmed was February 11th, 1986. And w one of the things that I love about 80s porn is... Do you know? Do you remember Mad Magazine? Do you know what Mad Magazine is? Of course, of course I do. Much like how Mad Magazine would have a whatever the movie du jour was, whatever the movie that was hot at the moment, they would have it in the magazine and they would do like a a spin on the title. 
And right. just looking through some of your movies here, um, The Pink Lagoon, right. kink, Kinky Business. Um, that I, was, I won Best Blowjob in Kinky Business for my blowjob with Tom Byer in, in, the, in the shower. And do you know All who right, you were playing make, in that movie? Let me make a note of that. Okay. <laughs> Best blowjob scene, Tom Bryan. Byron. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed the question. <laughs> I said, do you know who you played in that film? Because I know you, in one of the interviews I listened, you said you have like day runners that lists all, everything you did through every like working session. I have everything and I still keep a journal. I still take carry it with me. Um, but now I've advanced to these big leather bound old paper, really cool, uh, journals. But yeah, no, I've got, they were, they were actually called day runners and they were little sheets that you would put in your little book. And I had every day who I worked for, how much I made, what the name of the project was, what I thought about my partner as well as the director. And your first mainstream film actually came very early in 1984. Wild Man. Bachelor Park. Or was it? Oh, I, and I, everybody says that. I, I didn't get a credit. I didn't know they were using my footage, but I'll take it. Oh, so you actually weren't in it? It was just like on screen they showed it? Yeah, they just took my footage. Send your Wikipedia. And I know you've had issues with your Wikipedia, so. Oh my God, somebody keeps putting up this picture of me. I was a few pounds overweight little bit drunk, bloated face, my hair's in pigtails, and they keep replacing. There's a million other photos out there. They found the ugliest photo of me, and I have to have people keep going in and changing it because when I change it, they don't accept it. Huh. They don't think it's the real you, I guess. Yeah. And now, you could go in there and say something different, but me actually being me, no. So a question about pay, if you don't mind me asking. Mm-hmm. What was what 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 were you getting paid per scene, and did that price increase as you became a bigger name in the industry? Absolutely. Um, my initial starting scene rate was a thousand dollars. Within two years, it was up to five thousand dollars per scene, and. I shot the box cover. I was paid a thousand dollars for. You were paid for anything and everything you did. So, plus I was paid a monthly fee just to be exclusive. So I made good money then. But in 1999, when I made my comeback, uh, I got fifty thousand per movie. Wow! Wow! I believe I'm the highest paid porn star in history ever. Now, did your pay vary based on what the scene is? Like, nope. so, well, so if it was not, a blowjob, it was the same as if it's, you know, regular sex or anal? Um, before, um, how do I say this? Before I made my comeback, during my first stint, I did charge, I never charged less than a thousand. A blowjob was a thousand, sex was a thousand, girl, girl was a thousand, anal was five grand. And DPs were ten. So well, yeah, so I mean, that, d- double the price, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, there's not a lot of room back there. No. <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on to, because I think we're at the end of your your first stint, and as you move into mainstream, I had a quick little game, if you don't mind, and I know uh, you have great recall. It is short little clips from your movies, Ginger. 
and see if you can actually identify what movie it's from. It's your dialogue. Oh, fuck. You're putting me on the spot here. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Here's the first <laughs> one. How dare you ask me such a disgusting question? But, but we're engaged. Just because we're engaged doesn't give you the right to make improper advances toward me. Would Madame care for anything else? No, Jennifer, that would be all. Thank you. Any clue? I don't have a fucking clue. The only thing I can say about that is thank God I went to acting school for six years after that. Because I was horrible. <laughs> I was, I'm going, I actually have Best Actress Awards from the adult film industry, and I'm listening to that going, oh my God, I suck. That was from On Golden Blonde. Mm, on Golden Blonde. Which you are the, you're the first name listed in the cast. You are in the very first scene and that's it. A lot of companies would do that because they couldn't afford me to be on it more than that. Um, like I said, I, I, you know, I, I value my worth. Oh, absolutely. Quick, quick question about photo flesh, because like I said, <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight, to four, eight to four was the eight to four was the first porno I ever saw. Photo flesh was the second one, and I think the first scene in that movie is you're giving Eric Edwards a blowjob on the couch, and he's in a wheelchair with a full leg cast. Yeah. Any recollection that, as to how he broke his leg? I always wondered that. Even as a kid, I'm like, why is that guy in a cast? Um, because it's it's a playoff of. A, a Hitchcock movie, Rear Window. Oh, okay. I see. I probably a, didn't pay attention to the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling all the blood had rushed away from my head <laughs> while I was watching that as a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> okay. I just have two and more. You, and the first one is easy. Both of you should get this one. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah? Where? In Rockford. Rockford? Where the hell's Rockford. Oh, Rockford's a real big city. I know what it is. I want to say it's from the original title was Those Young Girls. It was put out again as uh, Ginger, the movie. Okay, Doug, tell her. That's Trashy Lady. Yep. No! <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. damn! And, and damn. Tra Trashy Lady was interesting because in that time frame, in that very short two years, you played the the hometown girl next door, very innocent type in some roles, and then you turn around in the very next movie, you would be this you know high-powered executive. You were all over the place as far as you could be kind of put into any role, and it worked. Yeah, I was lucky that way. I was able to pull it off even with my limited abilities uh, in the acting arena. And, and um, On Golden Blonde had nothing to do with On Golden Pond at all. <laughs> the, no. It was no. actually more of a remake of uh, Heaven Can Wait, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, because somebody died as Christy Canyon died, and she right? was put into different people's bodies as they were trying to find a, a final body for her because the angel took her out early, which is the exact plot of Hel Heaven Can Wait. Oh, how funny. How funny. I love Christy. She's my best friend. We've known each other it, 40 years this year. And uh, we were like two peas in a pod. You can't separate us. We talk every day, minimum three times. And we never run out of anything to say. She's my favorite. 
That's awesome. I did see some YouTube clips of, of you and her on a podcast together, and it was quite entertaining conversation that the two of you had. <laughs> it was so entertaining that Patreon hid our show. You could not, it's called Who Let the Girls Out? And you couldn't find us if you typed in Ginger Lynn. You couldn't find us if you typed in Christy Canyon. You couldn't if you typed in Who Let the Girls Out. The only way you had access to our show was a direct link. So Patreon made it really, really hard on us. Now, you talked about how you and and Christy Canyon are very, very close to this day. And I know of at least two porn stars that you do not like do you want to share your favorite and your least favorite porn stars i know who your least favorite porn star lit is yeah i'm pretty open with that my least favorite tracy lords ron jeremy Mm -hmm. uh favorites oh god i i have so many um yeah there's there's like for making love and having a really intimate scene, Herschel Savage was amazing. He was a full-on lover. If I was feeling kinky, Jamie Gillis would be my guy. That's who okay. I would want to fuck. Jamie <laughs> Gillis. I remember all the movies that my dad had that had Jamie Gillis in them, and they were always really artsy, really different he did the remake of pygmalion and he did i don't know if it was barbara broadcast but he's in a lot he's also in uh a sylvester stallone film that we did on the show um he's in um nighthawks really good for him yeah he has a little bit part as sylvester stallone's girlfriend's boss at a department store i love it love it um so my favorite females or no my favorite men if you make me choose Tom Byron and Peter North and Herschel Savage and Harry Reams and John Holmes. And uh, I, I can't pick a favorite. I love them all. And as far as girls go, I, I can. And I loved every woman that I worked with. But the girl that I had the best sex with on camera was Barbara Dare. Barbara Dare, going to write that name down. Don't as know well. that name. That, that that name is actually a big question mark for me. So yeah, watch, check out. Uh, not gentlemen prefer ginger. Uh, check out Ginger and Spice. I think that's the movie that Barbara and I have a scene. It's a scene in a bathtub. Um, what are you doing? Sorry, I have a 151-pound Rottweiler who's going <laughs> ballistic your, right now. Answer your and question, what, dog. And what is and is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. What's his name? What's his Rocky. name? Rocky, can you speak? What? Tell him. Say hello. Oof. No, that your teeth are. He's he's running. Ah! <laughs> he's running. In, oh, there's a bark. There you go. Get how, how old is Rocky? Rocky is six. Okay. He acts, he acts like he's about two. And I don't know what he wants right now, but he's very adamant about it. <laughs> Come on, Mom. What's the matter? Did Timmy fall in the well? <laughs> it's the wrong breed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it came to, it, you know, came off the top of my head. I had to go for it. That's right. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the movie Boogie Nights. How realistic Absolutely. was it or how far away from the trueness of the industry was it? 
personally, I found the first half of the movie to be fucking spot on. It was amazing. They really brought out what it was like. One of my favorite scenes is when uh, Juliana, Juliana Moore is in the room with a ro- uh, roller skating girl, and they're both doing blow. And Call me mom. Yeah. They had to have done cocaine before to know how to perform that way. Speaking from, from experience, you know, they were, they were brilliant. So the first half of the movie, I, I loved the second half. It became, it became a Hollywood film. Um, you know, they, I, I didn't care for the ending or the second half at all. It was, it was too Hollywood. And the, the sad thing is the porn version was enough. So many things happened. You didn't need to take it to that next level. Um, so if I had not been in the porn industry, I probably would have loved the whole thing. But having been in it, I just, I didn't like the, the Hollywood way that they put it. I just wonder, it's like the, there's the transition from film to videotape and how much uh, Burt Reynolds character is, is fighting that because he's an artist and he says, if it looks like shit, I don't want to do it. And then because of reasons, he ends up having to do that. Do you remember that actually probably would have been towards the end of your time? Because you said you shot almost everything on 35 millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, Do you remember the transition from film to videotape? Oh, to VHS. It, you know, for me, they, they, they merged because I was still doing 35 millimeter films. I was under contract for video. Um, but the moment I realized that things really had changed and my whole life had changed was when I went into my very first, not my first adult bookstore ever, but the first adult book or first video store since I became Ginger Lynn. And I walked in and the guy goes, you got to go in the back. You got to go in the back. I don't, didn't know that he recognized me. And I went back and they had not a curtain, not swinging doors. They had beads hanging down and you had to separate the beads to go into this little back room and you got hit in the head. <laughs> I hit all over with them. And I went to that back room and there was the Hollywood collectors section. There were the Dark Brothers section. There were companies sections of film of VHS they had an entire ginger lynn section sure the whole yeah and it it blew me away blew me away and i realized at that moment that video was going to be a huge 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 hit and it was when so, sorry go ahead Doug so when you were filming and in between filming I know like a lot of adult film actresses now, they go on a gentleman's club circuit. Was that a thing back in your day or did did you stay away from that? No, it wasn't a thing while I was in the industry, um, but I did start featuring in 89 and I did that until 2001. So 13 years, 14 years, I was on the road um, and it was so much fun. I, I always had my bodyguard with me. And I love sex. I always have. And I'm a little slutty. If I was a dude, I'd be a stud. But being a girl, I was a little slutty. And so everywhere we'd go, almost every club, 
when I'm up on the stage, I would pick out who I wanted to fuck that night. And then I'd tell my bodyguard to go get me that guy and, or girl, but usually guys. And, and that was a big part of his job was getting my, getting me laid every night. <laughs> Fat chance that you would have picked Matt and I out of the crowd. Well, you, you remember my bachelor party. We went from my house watching porn, and then we went to a club, and I got bathed on stage by someone we were watching. Was it Lisa Ann? I don't remember. It wasn't Lisa Ann. I don't remember who it was, but whoever it was we were watching was actually the featured performer at the club that night, and I got bathed in a little baby pool on stage oh, that night. <laughs> and they took Polaroids of it, and and then they got passed around at the rehearsal dinner. Oh my God, that's hysterical. Well, people thought I was going to be embarrassed and no, not at all. No, (laughs) I didn't care. All right. So you you. woke, you, you woke up one day and said, I'm done sucking cock on film. Yep. What did you, what did you do the next day? Oh, that's right. You did Um, two more films. You did two more films that were in your contract. And then what did you do? Um, What, what, what was your transition after that? Well, February 11th was my first day out of the industry, and I woke up to my boyfriend uh, running me a bath. He made me a milk bath with white rose petals all over it to cleanse me, just to get that the, that energy out of me. It didn't work, but he tried. Um, <laughs> and I apologize again. I forgot what we're talking about. What you did after you left the adult film industry, oh, your first stint. Yeah. So when I woke up not too long after those last two films and realized I had just bought a mansion in Beverly Hills and I had a mortgage and I had no money. I had no job. I hadn't saved my money. I traveled the world. I did. I was a huge limousine, cocaine and champagne girl, um, as well as I've been almost everywhere around the world. Um. I'm so sorry. I'm having, I'm sick. So I'm having difficulty. No, it's, it's what you did. I know you went on, you, oh, you had a guest okay. on NYPD blue. Um, well, what I did initially was, um, I had to pay my, my mortgage right away. And my grandmother, when I was a little girl, she taught me how to knit. She taught me how to sew. She taught me how to, uh, design jewelry and to paint. And so I survived for two years on, selling my one-of-a-kind jewelry designs to different... I would put them on consignment in different stores on Melrose, Santa Monica, and Sunset Boulevard. So for two years, that's how I supported myself. And then I I just started getting roles. I Dave Dakota hired me in a film called Dr. Alien with Judy Landers. Um, Freddie Lincoln was a porn producer, director, who hired me on a film called Wild Man. And I got my SAG, I got Taft-Hart lead on Dr. Alien. I got my SAG card on Skin Deep with John Ritter and that Blake Edwards directed. Famous uh, condom lightsaber fight scene in that, yeah. in that film. My scenes cut out, but I tell you what, I still get major, I get good royalties from that and Young Guns too. Young Guns too, I worked on for three weeks. Three weeks. I get chased out of town. I fall down a flight of stairs. Christian Slater steals Kiefer Sutherland's watch and gives it to me as a gift. All these great things. 
And I'm in it for about three seconds. And that's my biggest income producer out of all my SAG films. <laughs> yeah, but you also met Charlie Sheen when you were on set for Young Guns 2, though, right? That's very true. I did. Charlie had heard I was, he wasn't cast in Young Guns 2. He died in part one. But he had heard that I was there and asked if, uh, he flew out and asked me out. And, you know, guys, I'm not going to be able to continue this too much longer. My, sure. my, I'm so sorry. Uh, but Charlie and I went out for the first time. It was Valentine's Day, 1990. And we were together for the next two years, pretty much straight. And then off and on again for another three years. And then we just, uh, I'm trying to find a nice way to put this. We went in different directions. My, I was getting, my, my party days were ending. You know, I wasn't doing the same things that he was. And I, I just, I didn't want to be around the type of environment that Charlie was living in at that point in time. Okay. Fair enough. And just to, but let me, let me say this. Charlie is one of the, sweetest, kindest, most intelligent, funniest, best man that I've ever known in my life. Charlie was, was, I have a boyfriend I've been with 15 years now, so he is the love of my life. But at that time, Charlie was my first true love. Okay, just uh, two quick questions and then let you talk. I know you want to talk about your art and your jewelry and... um you, you already talked about your art a little bit, but your your jewelry that you still do, and I, I yes. can't remember the website. If you want to give that website out, my website is gingerlinart.com, and you can see my paintings. You can see my jewelry. Uh, I just finished my my twenty twenty four line yesterday. I made my last piece for this year, and uh, people love it. They're one of a kind pieces that are a part of me. I use natural stones and crystals and silvers. Um, but since each one is individually made and there are no two alike, I get sad when I sell one. <laughs> part of you. <clears throat> yeah. And the same thing with my artwork, with my paintings. And I think your, your Facebook, your Instagram and your only fans are all blame it on ginger. Blame it on ginger. That's my handle everywhere I go. And you guys can use that. If you ever get caught or pulled over, jerking <laughs> off or something, just tell them it's Ginger's fault if you're jerking off and you'll, they'll let you go. Speaking of that, speaking of jerking off, <laughs> any advice Any advice for a couple of married guys in their 50s? Yeah. Yes. There's an author by the name of Laura, Laura Korn. Hold on. I'm going to grab it. Don't go away. Ah! I was right. Uh, the author is Laura Korn, and I have three of her books. One is 101 Nights of Great Sex. Another one is, I can't read the title from here, but they're like... It's a full-size book. You tear, it'll say either male or female. And you being the male, you would pick a male page. At the bottom, there's a, a, a little legend code with dollar signs. If it's zero dollar signs, it's going to cost you nothing. Four, it's going to cost you a lot. And 
you open up this, this little perforated thing. It's a card and it tells you an amazing way to make love to your partner. Something new, something to keep you excited. I'll give you an example. I've been with the same man now, uh, loyally, except for women, because that doesn't count, uh, for 15 years. And so we're always keeping things spiced up. And I opened one that was for her eyes only. And I had him, I took him, I blindfolded him, took him out to my car, started the car, backed out of the driveway, drove around, stopped. He's still blindfolded stopped, put in a, a cassette with music on, I crawled in the back and gave him a blowjob. Well, what I really had done was the blowjob was in my garage. I pulled out of the garage, drove around for a mile or two, back into my garage, put on some music and sucked his dick in the back of my car. And everybody loves a blowjob, but when you don't know where you are, what you're doing quite, there's, there's a new element to it. And so I highly recommend any of the books that Dr. Laura Korn wrote. I, I cannot think of a better way to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know you're not feeling great. I want to thank you so much for your, your time. This has been Absolutely. a huge thrill for me. Um, I have I have so many more questions for you. You are just absolutely a fascinating character to talk thank to. Thank you. Well, and you know what? Let's let's do a, a follow up in the next few months sometime. When I I'm would love sick. to. I yep. would love to. And and if you want to have Christy Canyon on with you, that would be <laughs> you an added bonus. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Christy Canyon. Also, oh, she's the best. You know what? We'll do that next time she comes out here in the, in the next few months. Um, I'll hit you up. If you don't hear from me for two or three months, hit me up because I've got four mainstream films scheduled already this year. I've got a book release. Um, is is your autobiography can- finally coming out? I You were talking about on an interview with Holly Randall, <coughs> and I was looking for that because I wanted to read it, and I could not find it. So I is that coming out it, soon? It's, it's not out yet. I have three chapters left. Um, I'm working both Fulton Books and Simon & Schuster are both uh, – liking me a lot right now so i just have to finish it up i might take it out the way it is because there's only like i said three chapters left to go and it's ready to to be seen and read so i anticipated being out by the end of this year it's called i don't look good on paper well we only got through your first stint we didn't even get to mark hamill and wing commander and george clooney and (laughs) <laughs> we, we barely touched on there's so much more so definitely if you would be willing we'd love to have a follow-up at some time we'll keep in contact i will send you the link so you can put this out to your socials if you want um doug Thank you want to go ahead and wrap us up hey thanks everybody for joining us with this amazing actress and personality and wonderful lady ginger lynn thank you so much for being on the podcast with us uh next film is going to be action jackson it was going to be the dogs of war but with the passing of carl weathers we decided to take a swerve and honor the great late carl weathers so again thank you ginger matt thanks for oh, setting this pleasure up pleasure is mine thank you and we will hopefully talk sometime soon thank you thank you again guys thank you bye bye <laughs> <laughs> That's from the pleasure hunt too. <laughs>